on those headphones. It's time for Naughty Talk with Sunny Lee Maine. Welcome to Naughty Talk with Sunny Lee Maine, the podcast that explores all things kinky in a sexy and inclusive way. This show is intended for mature audiences aged 18 and up, and some listeners may find it disturbing. We believe in risk-aware consensual kink here on the show, so if you do try things mentioned on the show at home, know that neither the show nor the cast are responsible for any accidents, injuries, legal or property damages that may occur while getting your kink on. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 10 of Naughty Talk, our Season 3 finale. I'm Sunny Lee Main, she, her, and I'm really excited for our final guest of the season. We have a super fun topic for this week, but before we dive in, I'd just like to give some updates and also show some appreciation. The season was a really big challenge, but life happens, and it was a make-it-work moment. So thanks so much to all of our wonderful guests who are flexible with scheduling, including those who we didn't get to hear from and who have agreed to join us for season four instead. Thanks also, as always, to our wonderful recurring cast members. I couldn't do the show without our Naughty Talk family in my corner. And finally, thank you to all of our listeners who bravely wrote in and who tuned in every week during this time of transition. I'm excited to start planning for season four. The end of the season always seems really surreal, and I'm not sure I'll ever get used to it. If you're sad about the end of the season, I do have some good news to share about some wonderful kinky events you can get involved with in the meantime. Con season is officially upon us. I mentioned last time that in early September, Mac and I will be teaching a virtual hypnosis class called What's Your Malfunction, and the link to those tickets is in the notes for last week's episode. In October, Panda and HypnoStory are presenting two classes, a live HypnoKink 101. It's going to be hosted at New Hampshire Dungeon Dance Macabre. The only way to access that event is via FetLife. HypnoStory is posting the event on their profile. Just make sure to join the Dance Macabre group page, read all of the rules, and follow the instructions to receive an event invite. The second class is virtual and hosted by Blackthorn. It's called At Your Service Topping from Submission, and that event link can also be found on HypnoStory's FetLife profile or alternatively on the same ForbiddenTickets.com site where you can purchase tickets to the September class with me and Matt. I'm setting a goal to have my newest book in the Turn the Key series released by Halloween of 2023. Some of this depends on how long it takes to get through the editing process, but I am hopeful. I'm excited to announce that the title is Chase the Time. This has actually changed based on the evolution of the story, and as always, new characters and kinks are represented in the book. It's queer, inclusive, and very steamy. This is the first book in the series presented from the point of view of the dominant, and I really enjoyed writing in that headspace. I also think this one is a little bit more emotionally heavy, so be prepared for a roller coaster of emotions as you read. Moving on to some other live events. This November 2023, KinkyCon is taking place in Nashua, New Hampshire. Mac and I presented at KinkyCon last year, and it was a super fun event. I was able to attend some high-quality classes by wonderful presenter in between our own classes, and the dungeon parties were really well run. I can only speak for myself, but I do think an excellent time was had by most in attendance. This year, four of our cast members, myself and Mac, Panda, and HypnoStory, have applied to teach. 
The talent pool of applicants is really strong, so we can't say yet if we'll be presenting, but some of us are likely to be attending the event regardless. Then in January of 2024, I can say the same about Charmed, which is a hypno-kink convention held in Annapolis. Tickets for these events are already on sale, and I believe at the time that I'm reporting this, you can still get early bird ticket prices for Charmed. Charmed generally offers a hybrid option too, so you can participate virtually if attending in person isn't in the cards for you this year. If you search KinkyCon New Hampshire or Charmed Hypnosis Convention, you'll find the respective websites with all of the details and be able to purchase tickets. All subject to supplies lasting, of course. I will continue to post information about my upcoming events on my blog at sunnyleemain.com, but the best way to stay informed is still to visit the website and sign up for my email list. It's not spammy with hundreds of emails. I only send out a few with important information and it's the best way to get news in between seasons. And then last but not least, if you visit my website, you'll notice a new link on the homepage to the Sunny Lee Main shop. As I'm recording this, the shop is live, but the products can take a few days to show up as available and I'm hoping that the whole thing will be live and running by the time this airs. Since its air date, the Naughty Talk podcast has been free to listen to and so far hasn't had any ads. The goal is to make quality kink education available to everyone for free. It is, however, quite difficult to advertise the show on social media due to the adult nature of the content, and it's also very time-consuming and currently fueled just by passion and not by any subscriber funds. It's also been exceptionally difficult to get the word out about my novels for the same reason. Being an adult content creator really is not easy. So if you're wondering how you can help keep the show going, there are a couple of ways. The first is to share the content wherever it's appropriate to do so. So talk about it at events and share it on your kinky social media. Talk about it in your Discord channels where kink information is appropriate. The other way is to purchase items in the shop or my books from Amazon and wear your gear to events. So you'll get some fun gear. The pieces will serve as conversation starters to get the word out there and I will be able to keep creating. All of the shops are produced by an on-demand print shop. This means there are some limitations to the products available. That said, the base products have been selected with inclusivity in mind and are intended to be worn by humans of all genders. Our t-shirts are currently available ranging in sizes from 5X to small. Obviously, depending on supplier availability, they may sell out for a period of time. You can check out our Here Naughty Queer collection to showcase your queer pride and Naughty Talk support at the same time. Lots of fun and kinky items available in the shop. I did recently change platforms at the ninth hour, which meant sacrificing a few of the available items, but I think it's going to give our customers a much better opportunity for returns if something does go wrong in the purchase process. Only a few dollars in royalties actually come to me for each product, so the bulk of the cost is for the production of the item itself, but every little bit helps, and again, wearing the gear is so helpful for starting conversations about the content we're making and getting the word about the books and the podcast out there. So think of your purchase as a fun way to keep the podcast going, and please refer to the manufacturer's size charts and return policies before placing your order. All right, hopefully that's enough to keep our kinky listeners busy for the next few months until season four is ready. Let's take out the season with our next guest. Next up, we have Pete Hehem. Pete is a kink educator who has presented at the Society in Connecticut, Western Mass Power Exchange, the New England Dungeon Society, Tethered Together, KinkyCon, and more. That is quite a resume. How are you today? Oh, doing great. Thank you so much for having me here with you. I'm excited to have you. Welcome to the show. 
And I know we're going to talk a little bit about feet and foot fetish today, but before we get started, I usually ask folks to sort of introduce themselves a little bit, maybe talk about their roles and identity within the kink community. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, aside from the pandemic, you know, I've, I've been an organizer of different events and of a couple different organizations. And um, as you have said, you know, I'd been teaching at different, uh, through different organizations, some small, some large. I had actually started uh, teaching through uh, NILA, New, um, New England Leather Alliance, and, and, and all the others that you mentioned. Uh, so I just wanted to mention them too. So, you know, I, I do um, identify here as, you know, as, as an organizer and um, educator. Also, you know, hopefully a, a, a good participant in play and in connection with people um, in this area too. Um, I'm also a person of color, so I'm, you know, very aware of, you know, some of those dynamics and, you know, that enters into, you know, my, my work and my, and my play here, you know, so just wanted to mention that as far as my identities go also. Excellent. And do you usually take up a certain role in dynamic or want to share anything else about your personal kink before we dive into the main topic? Yeah, honestly, it's some something that's been coming up for me recently, personally, is that, you know, a lot of times, you know, in the community, I show up in, you know, that kind of capacity as a teacher and or organizer. And and actually, I just want to mention the two organizations. One is uh, the first one that I created was is called Tickle New England. And the other one is um, New England Feet. And we used to do events and gatherings for both and munches, things like that. But um, yeah, you know, those have been important to me. But also, I remember, you know, being at a play party one time and I was playing in a bottom role, you know, and someone came over to me later and, and they said, Oh, I didn't know you bottomed, you know, and, and which is surprising to me, but I understood it, you know, uh, because I love bottoming, you know, I love being in submissive role, but they hadn't seen that because, you know, for most of the time they see me sort of in a leadership role and or, you know, a top role doing, you know, demos uh, for the different classes that I do. And also, I just wanted to give a shout out to Gurley, who is my co-presenter for many of my classes. Um, we do quite a number of classes together, but we also have our own separate classes, too. But just wanted to mention her, too. Excellent. So we're going to kind of dive into our main topic now. And I think right out of the gate, we should sort of address the fact that there's a little bit of stigma sometimes associated with foot fetish. I personally think it gets a sort of unfair amount of teasing. A lot of kinks get unfairly shamed, some of mine in particular, like age play or CNC. And I understand why some folks with any kind of kink might feel personally triggered, that sort of thing. But why do you think some folks have such a hang up about feet? Yeah, that's a great question. And and I'd actually kind of add to what you just said by saying that I think foot fetishism gets a lot of stigma and it gets regular stigma. It's the, and, and I see a lot within um, popular media too, you know, most every single time I hear a news story or even a sitcom or even a drama that mentions something about foot fetishism, it's usually either uh, an edgy kind of connection or the person, usually a man, you know, usually a cishet man in the story is actually being quite creepy uh, and, and not necessarily conducting themselves 
with an awareness of consent in the situation. So the stories that are told about foot fetishism in public, you know, in the as we kind of tend to call it the vanilla world, um, tend to be quite negative. Um, and sometimes it's nice to see us represented, but most of the time I find it problematic. Um, now, on top of that, I think we are living in a pretty sex-negative um, environment, you know, in the larger culture. The concepts of sensuality, the concepts of, of you know, sex itself, as I like to call it in a heteronormative way, you know, vagina around penis sex. Uh, but obviously, there are many ways of loving each other and, and um, our identities, you know, coming together, you know, um, are all beautiful. But we we have very many, you know, negative concepts of that. There's a lot of uh, well, actually, a lack of discussion about it, lack of talk about consent, lack of um, full open conversation about what our sexuality is about. So some of these things that we say, you know, exist on the margins of that. And for uh, foot fetishists, uh, you know, our fetish is not on the margin. It's right up front. So it becomes, you know, very hard many times for a lot of people to express that to a prospective or to a current partner. And and a lot of times we don't have the vocabulary and we meet up with a lot of people who already have a concept that the body is not a beautiful thing. At least of all our feet, you know, which, you know, we kind of say, well, they're cooped up in shoes all day. They smell, they're dirty, they're this, they're that. And there's a lot of stories about that. So when someone comes, you know, around, you know, like me or anybody else, you know, there's a ton of people with foot fetishes, you know, there's, there's almost an automatic recoil, you know, for a lot of people, because we've been, um, you know, kind of programmed into this, uh, not only you know, kind of a disavowing of the human body anyway, but a disavowing um, and devaluing of, of our feet, you know, in particular. So I think there's, it's sort of a perfect storm for the stigma to exist. And I think what I talked about with the media um, impressions that people get, it continues that story. And when I talk to people about this, you know, I, you know, people who might have a negative, you know, view of their own feet or other people's feet, you know, I'm, I guess sometimes I am trying to convince them otherwise, but, but I don't do a hard sell. You know, I, I just kind of talk about why that might be true for them. And one of the things that becomes important to me is I want people to be in acceptance of their own bodies and no, no matter what part of their body we're talking about or that they feel is important to them. So, you know, being able to talk to people about foot, foot fetishism is really important to me because it is about accepting not only our bodies as beautiful, but also our love and, you know, sexual attraction to parts of our bodies you know, um, as being beautiful and, and powerful and lovely and pleasurable also. For sure. I definitely think if the film or whatever it is, is poking fun at kink or the fetish or BDSM community, there are like the scenes where it's a pretty vanilla couple and one of them decides to dress in leather and get some kind of riding crop. And then I feel like foot fetish also gets teased quite a bit, but it's, you know, really like a, a vanilla picking apart or teasing of kink in general. And for some reason, I think in media, foot fetish goes, you know, right to the front of the line there. Well, I, I'm just going to say, I'd have to agree with that. I think that's very true. And as you were talking, I'm realizing that I think there have been two 
scenes that were positive um, about foot fetishism that have shown up. And, you know, sometimes people contact me and they say, oh, I just saw the scene. You know, it was really great about foot fetishism, obviously, because I'm very out within the kink community and the BDSM community. So a lot of my friends will tell me about these things. But I can only remember that there's been two, maybe three, out of all the ones that I've seen and, and talk about and things like that. Yep. What's the best one you've seen that people could, you know, just watch on Netflix or something like that? Oh, boy. You know, I, I don't I wish I had that all in my brain that I could just say it was season two, episode five. But and it happened to be um, a, a show that was featuring a lesbian couple, which was also beautiful. That's something that's actually that's not the stereotype for foot fetishism, which is usually, you know, uh, a cishet male as, as submissive and a cishet uh, woman as, you know, the dominant person there. But, um, you know, I want to ex- expand that for, for us today, if I can, if we can, to say that there's much, much more than that. But that beautiful scene happened to be between two women. And do you think there are some specific myths about foot fetish or foot play that you'd like to dispel before we talk a little bit more about sort of your personal love of it, personal experiences? Yeah, and I, I think we've touched on it already, you know, that that there's this sense of the foot being dirty. Now, I also need to add, some of us love dirty feet, and that's me too, you know? So, And some of us love the smell of feet, and that's me too. But that's different than people considering them dirty in the sense that they're undesirable and that they're, um, what's the word? you know, undeserving of our attention and our love and our passions and our, and our um, focus. Uh, so I think that's one thing that we need to dispel. Secondly, I think we need to understand how widespread foot and shoe fetishes are, how many people have it. The, the pretty stable statistic is, and, and I'm sad that I only hear it said for men, and that's definitely a patriarchal gaze focus here, that one in four men have some level of um, um, a foot fetish or a um, um, you know shoe fetish, that kind of thing. So if it's one in four, there's a lot of men you know out here, and I'd say a lot of uh, women and a lot of non-binary people uh, that are um, either not expressing that, not talking about that, not not living that, not having that be a central part of their uh, their sex and sensual lives and intimate lives. And, and that, you know, I would like to see that change. I'd like to see us have a full connection to our sexuality. So what draws you personally to feet? What makes a foot really sexy? That's a great question. And if you asked a hundred other foot fetishists, you would possibly get 97 different answers, you know? Um, and for, uh, from my frame of reference, I'm just going to say this first, that what makes a sexy foot to me is an owner of the foot who enjoys the attention and enjoys sensation, enjoys the sexual connection or any other kind of connection. You know, sometimes people don't even need to touch to have beautiful play. So um, joy enjoys the power exchange having to do with feet or, or whatever the case may be. 
So that's the first thing, you know, obviously that comes down to consent and negotiation and conversation. You know, what do you like? What do I like? You know, how does that work together? So that's tremendously sexy to me. Secondly, I have a pretty wide range of, of a sexy foot, you know, because the things that are sexy to a lot of us uh, foot fetishists are obviously the, well, maybe not obviously, the shape of the foot, um, whether they're veiny or not, muscular, wide, fat, dry, um, supple, um, wrinkly, flat soles, long toes, short toes, um, toenail polish, uh, natural nails, as we like to call them, um, younger feet, older feet, mature feet, as we might say, uh, big-bodied people's feet, uh, queer feet, cishet feet, all kinds of feet, feet with shoes, feet with boots, feet with sandals, feet with flip-flops, uh, feet with all different kinds of socks, different kinds of shoes or sneakers make for a sexy foot. There's a, quite a wide range of what can be sexy. And even for me, there's quite a wide, a wide range. And um, so, you know, even the sound of feet, the sound of feet on like a hard hardwood floor, you know, the padding of the skin on the, the feet, uh, wearing shoes like uh, mules or Dr. Scholl sandals. I love Dr. Scholl sandals uh, because of that slap they make on the bottom of the foot. Um you know, I have actually seen, you know, a group of people, and I'm going to say they were mostly men. It was in college. I remember hearing a, a person walking down the hallway coming toward us. We couldn't see them yet, but I could hear them walking in their shoes, right? So I could hear the sound of the shoes. I think they were probably slides. So, you know, there was that sound of the shoe on the foot. I remember most of the heads turning because they were keyed in. To that sound. Now, I'm not saying they were all foot fetishists. I'm just saying that it was sort of a primal connection to the sound of feet, you know, moving somewhere. They didn't see them yet, and then they came around the corner, and I don't know what happened. But, but I remember the heads turning, and that told me something at the time, at a time when I was still coming to really accept, you know, what was my own expression of foot fetishism and my own understanding of it at the time. For me, I would say I don't think I have a, a specific thing for feet. However, I am a sensualist and a hedonist, and so it's a part of my body, and my body is involved in play. And so it's definitely something that has been included at times. One of my earlier kink partners was also a hedonist and had a personal foot fetish. And so that was the first time I really experienced any kind of direct foot play. And it was definitely an interesting experience for me to be twisted into a pretzel and have my toes sucked on during naughty times. Beautiful, beautiful. It was a sensation that I hadn't really ever experienced. And so I'm kind of a sensation junkie. Um, so it was really cool to experience something different and, uh, you know, a physical feeling that I had not really experienced before. And my partner's enjoyment of it is what really made it super fun, even though it's not always been my thing, it was their thing. And more recently, I definitely enjoy foot massage. I think people ignore 
how much basically of a beating our feet can take and how hard they work for us. I spend quite a bit of time making sure that my feet are well cared for. And I don't know if that comes from my dance background where, you know, my feet were sort of tools for my art. And so like if they were not well cared for, you know, I was not dancing and I enjoy foot massages. I really am not a tickling person. A tickling is actually on my hard limits mm-hmm. list. So having my feet massaged with socks on because that's very relaxing and sensual and you can just feel the whole rest of your body relaxing. Mm. And so that's often something that I enjoy with a partner um, with socks to avoid the tickles. Right. Right. (laughs) I get that, you know, totally understand that. And I'm glad you have a way of helping to avoid sensations that you don't want. You know, that's really important too. That's how we get to enjoy the things we do want, you know, so that's really great. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, Interesting. And I'm just going to jump in and say to support what you were saying about you enjoy connections to your feet, sensations on your feet also. When I created the classes, uh, my pedular enthusiasm classes, and I call them that particularly because I wanted to include people who are also just really happy to have their feet touched or to play with them in a way that, you know, might be non sexual, it might be simply sensual. Um, like, you know, walking barefoot in the rain or, or in, in grass, you know, or, or not necessarily needing feet connection, foot connection or shoe connection um, to have orgasm or to have arousal be included in the conversation, because I think that's also a big part. And, and sometimes, yes, like you're saying, those are sometimes our partners. And we and I wanted to include that because that's an important part. You know, all of these people are part of our what I would call our foot community, you know, uh, you know, kind of amorphous and nebulous as it is. But, you know, and organized in some different ways, too. But um, that our connections to our feet are not just sexual. They can be very powerful because, you know, our brain sees, you know, uh, and I'll just say three things really powerfully. Our genitals, our hands and our feet, because we have so many neurons there. Um, so many nerve endings in those that part of our uh, those parts of our bodies, and it's really interesting that that's the case. So yeah, we're as we say, our feet are very enervated, you know, and so there's a lot of information we get through our feet, a lot of sensual and uh, sensational, and could be sexual energy that can come through them. So I, I totally understand, you know, your connection to your partner and, and enjoying those moments. You know, even if it's not, as we say, your thing. Absolutely. And pleasure comes in lots of different forms. And we talk about on the show often how kink can be separated from sex and intimacy can be separated from sex. So, you know, I think a lot of those things have overlap. There are lots of different types of specific sort of foot play if we want to take it into a kinky zone. And I definitely think that it can overlap with a lot of different types of kinks. Totally. You know, immediately in my brain, I think of like tickling, I think of sadism, impact, worship. I'm an exhibitionist. I love to post photos. So, you know, I know that a lot of people like feet. And so I personally get a kick if I've had a brand new pedicure or something like that of posting my feet. So lots of overlap. Um, what can we do with feet? Well, I, I, I'm just going to say everything. <laughs> sort of, you know, that we can do with feet. Um, and, you know, I, I, I yeah, <laughs> I just love what you just said. Um, and I, 
Yeah, I, I also want to just kind of repeat what you said about um, exhibitionism. You know, just seeing feet is a lot for us. I, I remember, and, you know, even my friends say, you know, yeah, when spring comes around, oh, you must be in heaven right now, right, Pete? Because now, you know, women and others are wearing sandals. And I got to say, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, I, I absolutely love seeing them. And um, that makes me happy. Um, and I love when people post pictures of their feet. That's beautiful. And so, yeah, we can be uh, visual enjoyers of, of feet. And that might be it. That might be enough. Uh, but there's all kinds of things. Like you said, there's a lot of crossover. Um, I happen to love impact play with feet um, as a top and as a bottom. Bastonado or falaka, it's called. Um, and uh, Or it can be called impact play with feet. Um, all kinds of things. I know people do needle play with feet in particular. That's something that I don't do. Um, I, I do have a hard limit around that, you know, but I support those who do. You know, we kind of talked about some other things, you know, like say violet wands and, um, you know, there's messy play, as we call it, whether playing with food. I've done a lot of that with a, at least a few partners. We've had all, whole meals served to me on their feet and toes, um, which I'm telling you, that's a great meal to have. I'm just going to say that out loud. Even, you know, some of my friends know that uh, and play partners know that if we're getting food and if we're in a, you know, kind of a discreet place in the car or something like that, yeah, I would love to have you step on my um, breakfast sandwich and donuts, you know, you know, even if I'm not going to lick anything off their feet, I love knowing that there was a foot on it. That's sexy to me. That's powerful to me. Um, and one of the pictures that I love most to see is when someone's sticking their foot in, in a drink, in a beer or something like that. It's like, that's the beer I want to drink every day is, you know, footy, footy beer. So there's all kinds of, you know, I think we can be really creative in how we approach feet. And yes, uh, bondage, rope bondage, chain bondage, all kinds of bondage uh, to do with feet, even if we're not doing anything else with those feet. Feet are very pliable. They're sensitive. You know, the toes go different directions if we're into pain play, you know, um, if we're into power exchange you know, the whole uh, concept of trampling, you know, safely, but powerfully, you know, applying feet to a person's body that might be on the ground or standing up, um, even just on their hand in a restaurant, under the table, on, on a chair or something like that. All kinds of things can happen. You know, there's the whole concept of playing footsie under the table, uh, you know, that kind of thing, power play in places where other people don't expect it. And hopefully we're being discreet and not pushing our um, sexuality upon other people, you know, in those moments in, in a way that's uncomfortable or inappropriate. But um, there's all kinds of, you know, power exchange that we can get into. And just because someone is on the floor getting a foot applied to their body does not mean that they're the submissive. You know, I want us to think openly about power. And it's not just in what we see. It's in what the two or more people have set up to be part of their scene or part of their lifestyle. Uh, we can't just make a judgment based on, oh, well, that person has a foot on their face, so they must be the submissive. You know, that's not necessarily the case. So there's all kinds of ways of expressing um, our foot fetishes. And, and, you know, I'm not even jumping into shoes yet. 
you know, which, uh, which, well, I would love to jump in the shoes, but, um, but, you know, there's so many things that can come around from, you know, just our connection to shoes and socks, other footwear, like, um, toe rings. Yay. I just bought 12 toe rings from, you know, from an online site. Um, so happy to get those yesterday because I like to adorn my own feet. You know, I like attention to my feet. I would love for people to see my feet and think that they're beautiful or sexy or interesting, you know, that kind of thing, you know? So I think there's so many ways that we can be creative and sensual and sexy and happy about what happens to our feet and, and what we do with them, you know, ourselves and to others and with others, I should say. Wonderful. And I definitely think that it's a valuable exercise to do when you're thinking about a kink that is not your own to just kind of step into it for a minute and think about all the places where it does sort of intersect with your personal kinks. And this is something that I do when I'm writing. So I like to write about a wide variety of kinks and fetishes, and I certainly enjoy including my own, but you know, it wouldn't be very interesting if I only wrote about my own individual fetishes. So, you know, I like to really sort of explore new kinks and fetishes and think about what aspects of that fetish overlap with my own. So for me, you know, I think about, as I mentioned, the exhibitionism aspect, I am a dominant, I could certainly I like rough body play, I can see myself enjoying kicking somebody with my bare feet. I enjoy, you know, sensual play, um, all kinds of sensations. So things like massage, you know, the, the list could go on and on. I think that most people could find some overlap or are actually engaging with feet and not even thinking about it. So in the book that I'm writing currently, so it's book five in my Turn the Key series, which has not been formally titled mm. yet, but our listeners can look out for that in the near future. Beautiful. I have two scenes that involve feet, mm. um, believe it or not. <laughs> and one of them is very much a, like a foot worship scene. And the other one is part of a greater impact scene. It involves impact on the bottom of the feet. And it's a pretty sadistic, brutal scene. And when I wrote it, I wasn't thinking in my mind that this is like a foot scene, but the feet are heavily featured and it is kinky play involving feet. So, you know, there you have it. Well, thank you <laughs> um, for that. And if you like feet, look out for those scenes. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for giving voice to that, you know, connection to feet. I won't say fetish because that's not what you have, but but to get, you know, as a sensual focus in a scene and what it seems like, you know, a pretty, you know, primary focus in that particular one that you're writing about. So thank you for that. That's, mm-hmm. that's also what we need as foot fetishists and kinky people in general is, is, you know, writing that gives great framing to why it's beautiful and why it's powerful, you know, and why it's meaningful to us. So, you know, yeah, I just want to say thank you for that. You're welcome. I'll have to send you a sneak preview of that scene before I send it to the editor and see what you think. Oh, please do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. I'd appreciate seeing that. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So thinking about some of the things that we've talked about, what does it mean to you to be pansexual below the ankle? In one way, it means that I can find sexual and sensual pleasure in seeing, engaging uh, feet of all kinds, and I'll just say feet of all kinds of people with all different kinds of identities, 
you know, I think I'm pretty cishet guy from the ankle up, but, you know, but when I'm thinking about and seeing feet, you know, I, I love pictures of men's feet, uh, videos of men's feet. I think half the, the viewings of some of the, you know, YouTube videos I like to see are me, you know, like me watching this video a thousand times, you know, of, of folks that are queer, trans, whatever they might be, you know, big, short, tall, older, you know, younger, you know, I, I love all of that, you know, and I find, you know, sexual pleasure in connecting with people, you know, with men, with, with, uh, non-binary folk, um, queer folk. And, you know, uh, to me, that's beautiful because it's, it's options. If, you know, the person that I'm interested in, so wants to play with me, you know, that that's an option that I, I might not have had if I was not pansexual below the ankle. And, you know, I, I think I was, you know, I, I dare say I might've been born that way. And I think I was totally in a cishet kind of connection to feet, you know, just uh, women's feet at, at some point, but, but that's expanded, you know, um, I don't know what kind of horn dog that makes me, uh, but it just makes me my own horn dog. But you know, I love that. So I would say a, a self-aware person who's not afraid to explore all of the aspects of their sexuality. Well, okay, thank you. <laughs> I'll take that too. That's beautiful. And also, I just want to mention that at a certain point in my, you know, digital dalliances, as I'll call them, as you know, I again, I love foot photos. I love foot videos. So I see them every day. Um, and I just love them. Uh, but when I started seeing these cartoons of, you know, anthro characters, you know, furry characters, you know, um, anthropomorphized, you know, animals and stuff like that, you know, like, and they had, you know, sort of, you know, human feet or whatever. And there's many pictures of foot worship and tickling and stuff like that. With those images, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm more excited about this than I thought I would be. You know, so it's very interesting, you know, um, that yes, you know, there that there's this kind of play, sexual connection to, you know, feet in that kind of realm, you know, and there's yes, some definitely some people who dress up as furries or identify in that way, who also show their feet, you know, their real feet, they may put on like claws on their toenails or something like that. And those are very, very exciting to me. Those are very beautiful, very sexy. And, you know, to me, and um, so, yeah, that there's, I guess that's, you know, maybe the definition of pansexual uh, below the ankle. But yeah, there's just so many ways that I see that and find, you know, joy and pleasure in, in all of that. And what are some of the best toys you can think of for playing with feet? Well, because I'm a tickle person also, um, a lot of the toys that I play with feet are sensual kinds of things. Um, you know, I have well boxes and bags full of tickle tools and stuff like that. And I, I think that way, I think what would tickle someone else's foot, what would tickle my foot, uh, you know? Um, and, you know, I think of hands are one of the most beautiful things to ever touch a foot. You know, you were talking about foot massage before I love giving foot massages, many foot, Fetishists love getting, giving foot massages. It's a beautiful connection between two or more people to do that kind of, you know, have that kind of connection. Uh, but um, 
now I'm getting lost in my own sauce here. Uh, you'd asked me, um, yeah. <laughs> Favorite toys. Oh, for thank feet. you. Thank you for bringing me back. Um, talk about a foot tangent. Uh, so yeah, um, tickle tools, there are all kinds of brushes, feathers, and also things that we might call more impact, you know, more transient kind of touch like crops. And, and I have a couple plastic or rubber bats that I like to use. Paddles can be used, of course, rubber, wood, all kinds of things. As powerful and as strong as the foot is, though, we have to be careful about what we're hitting and where we're hitting the foot. Generally, we don't hit it on the top of the foot, but, you know, if you use your hand or something else, that could work really well. But, you know, just like any part of the body, we have to be aware of not only what can the body take, but also what does the person want to have done to them with them, you know, at that time. But there's all kinds of things that we can use. You know, I do like pointy things to play with, you know, um, play with feet. You know, it could be a chopstick. It could be you know, someone came up to me at a, a uh, kink conference and was reaching in their bag and they pulled something out and said, you know, I was thinking about you and I think you need to have this. And it's this metal rod with a point at the end. And I think it had some kind of industrial use for something. It might have been some kind of leather punch or something like that. I don't know where it came from. I don't remember asking. I was just like kind of floored that someone, you know, who I knew, you know, not like every day kind of pal around, but someone who knew about me said, you know, I think you should have this. And I, and I still have it. I still have it in my uh, play bag. I made a special little sheath for it to keep it safe. And, you know, so I love using, you know, pointy things on feet. I love reactions. I'm a reaction junkie. You know, whether your reaction is subtle or it's out of this world, loud and boisterous, like through tickling or impact play. So there's all kinds of things, you know, like, and remember sensation, ice, uh, mud, you know, food, you know, one of my food, feet food play partners loved feeling pastries squeezing between their toes and, you know, things like brownies. And uh, I think there was one time we had macaroni and cheese. So in my brain, almost anything is good for foot play. I know that there's a picture out there. I do check out a website called WikiFeet which is uh, pictures of celebrities uh, and their feet and shoes. Um, and there's a picture of one broadcaster. She's standing uh, barefoot on the edge, on the runner of a helicopter. And I don't know what it is. I can't make sense of it. Why? Well, I guess I can in some way. You know, that foot, that tender, powerful foot on the metal edge of a powerful metal machine. And let me tell you also the thought of, you know, farmers like in flip-flops on, on farm uh, machines like tractors is kind of hot to me. You know, that might sound like, wow, there's like three of you in the world. And that's okay because I'm owning that. You know, uh, I'm, I'm having a good time if I see the farmer going through the, you know, through the crops, you know, with, with flip-flops on. There's something about that. You know, so the even just the juxtaposition of the powerful machine and the sensitive foot brings up something for me. And I'm like, yes, that's a good moment. And I like to see that. So I'd like to say that, yeah, there's a ton of things, tons of ways that we can engage, you know, our love of feet, our love of the sensation of our feet, the love of the sensation of other people's feet through all kinds of things in our environment, 
whether it be toys or whether it be the place that we are. You know, I love, you know, the pictures of people going barefoot in the snow. I love doing it. You know, we don't do it for long, but, you know, it's really fun, sensual play. So there's all kinds of things to, to engage in that area. Now, like anything, any type of kink, we want to practice risk-aware consensual kink. What are some of the things that can go wrong or risks associated with playing with feet and how can we mitigate them? I would say always push for and support consent culture. Um, That means with other people, I think we all need to talk about it pretty much all the time. And I think we need to engage it and embody it in who we are as human beings. One of the things that I, I have a slide in, in my main Pedular Enthusiasm class presentation that talks about foot fetishist energy, you know, and how we can often be pushy to other people, you know, because we consider, you know, a foot massage a good thing, right? And a lot of people would agree. It doesn't mean someone wants a foot massage from us. You know, um, it doesn't mean, and they may, you know, we may have seen this person put out a thousand foot pictures. It doesn't mean that they want us to engage them. You know, so we have to be careful about how we approach people. We have to be careful. And I've seen this too, you know, um, that we say we're going to do one thing with the foot and all of a sudden something else is happening. You know, like I said, I was going to massage it, but why is that foot now near my face and my mouth? You know, why did I feel a kiss on my foot? You know, when you said you were going to do a massage, you know, that kind of thing. We just have to be aware of how we engage each other's boundaries, how we set them, how we talk about them and how we respect them. So I think that's a key piece for any of this, you know, another piece, you know, we mentioned a little bit before was about if we're doing any kind of play with someone's feet, are we doing it safely? Is it a riskier kind of play, you know, like impact play or, or needle play? Do we know what we're doing? Have we taken the classes? Have we done the study? Have we also checked in with the foot that we're playing with the person who owns the foot that we're playing with or Have we checked in with them that they want what, you know, what level of that kind of connection do they want? Soft impact, hard impact? Does it have to be something, you know, of a certain kind or something like that? Um, And um, also in power play, you know, like I love kind of public uh, teasing and, you know, I I love a good foot tease, uh, which could happen in public and no one would ever know. But are we doing things... Um, in a consensual way, um, if we change venue, if we walked into a different space, is that person that we're connected to still comfortable in that space having that kind of engagement happen? So I think, you know, thinking about boundaries and about consent is up front all the time for us and should be. And, and I, you know, of course, I have that slide where I really slow down the presentation to talk about these kinds of things. Um, because it's central to any kind of play. And I'm not here to say that foot fetishists have it, you know, have any, you know, I don't know, worse history than other people, you know, other kinksters in, you know, either being disrespectful of boundaries or otherwise. But um, it's important to me that we not only 
help to dispel the stigmas that we have inside, but that we're not creating new stigma because we're bad actors, you know, in the kink community. We don't want to do that. That's, that's un- unacceptable. So um, I think the bringing consent to the forefront, bringing good negotiation and communication, working through our stigma to be able that we're to be able to tell people exactly what we want and why. And I think that's hard for a lot of foot fetishists because it's hard to say sometimes, to, especially a new partner who we don't know, you know, even if they're in the kink community, you know, that, you know, I would really love to smell your feet while we're, you know, having other kinds of player sexual connection because that is sexual connection to me, you know, and I would love to lick them and other kinds of things. And they're like, uh, you know, so I, I think that's important for us to hold our joys and our pleasures powerfully and upfront and with, you know, great integrity. Uh, but being able to talk about it, to be able to, you know, gain consent and to give consent is upfront and first and foremost in our concepts of safety. Um, if we're negotiating correctly and deeply and beautifully, you know, the pleasure uh, goes way up and the safety goes way up and the trust goes way up. And I'm just going to jump in with my my normal PSA. <laughs> so our listeners have heard it a couple of times. You know, we're talking about a lot of different things that you can do to feed. And just like any other part of the body, a lot of those things involve skill. And so, you know, we're hoping to spark some interest, mm. but please do get out, you know, to an in-person class, work with someone who knows what they're doing to learn how to mitigate risk. I never say do things safely because sometimes... You know, safe is a very relative term, but, you know, to to mitigate risk and, um, you know, all of those same rules apply, you know, when we're thinking about impact points that are safe on the body, the feet have a lot of bones and, you know, thinking about what parts of the body are actually safe for impact you know, all of the safety things that come along with things like e-STEM, those are skills that you want to learn from somebody who knows what they're doing before you sort of dive in on your own. Yeah, that's so, so true. And thank you for making that a repetitive statement. It's so important. <laughs> Every time. I'm like a broken record, but I'm going to keep right doing on. it. Right I'd, on. I'd like to say you're, you're a number one hit. Um, that, that's great to, to, to keep <laughs> saying that, you know, um, and it's so true. And, you know, um, oh, what was I thinking? Oh, yeah, I remember, you know, and this is sort of related. You know, I remember being with a play partner and we were near the beach and, you know, her feet were sandy and there was nothing about me that did not want to lick those sandy feet. Now, let me tell you, for the next three days, I was spitting sand. All right. I'm just going to say that out loud. And I, I'm not going to tell anybody not to lick sandy feet. But just know that you're going to be brushing your teeth a lot in the next few days because that sand is going to be in there. Now, was it hot? It was hot. But there's, you know, and and I'm going to say that that's not a very risky thing, but that was something I learned in the process. You know, maybe I could have figured that out ahead of time. I didn't, you know, uh, but so I did it and I'm glad I did. And now here I am talking about it. But but I think, yeah, I agree that there's so many things that we do that we really do need to talk to others about it. We do need to go to classes. There's some things online. There's some, you know, things like the Kink Academy exist and, and other kinds of websites that talk about, you know, different kinds of play and, and include foot play, things like that and impact, you know, and the impact classes you go to might not talk about feet. So you might want to ask that question. 
and make sure that, you know, you can get people that know about that part of the body too, you know, which is something, you know, I, I hope my classes have been able to, you know, represent well, you know, for people that, you know, when oftentimes when we say impact or something else, they don't think feet. You know, they think, oh, butts and thighs and backs. So, you know, we have to advocate for our own particularities within some of these larger discussions of safety and, and what that means. Sometimes we can't just transfer the same information to, you know, that particular part of the body. So, so it's important to keep learning. And also normalizing, you know, discussing bodies. I think we talk a lot about um, you know, risk mitigated sex. And we're talking about genitals with things like barrier methods to prevent STDs, that kind of thing. And skin to skin contact can sometimes transmit things that aren't the most fun. Exactly. You know, so have those conversations, normalize it. There are precautions that you can take no matter what part of the body you're handling. So yeah, last soapbox, I promise. <laughs> well, you know, the uh, no, keep that soapbox there and ready. Uh, you know, I, I think that's important. Um, I have always said that I think I have the, the strongest immune system around because I have licked more feet than, you know, I, I care to count right now. But, you know, but what that says, though, is is that there's a modicum of bacteria, you know, involved in that. And yeah, just like you're saying, you know, some people love to put their toes and feet inside other people's bodies in different orifices. And that might not just be the mouth, you know. So how are we preparing that foot to be in someone's body? Do we need to put a, a barrier on it? Do we need to put it in a, a latex uh, sock? Do we want to, you know, put a condom on the foot? Do we want to, you know, or on the toe or something like that, you know? Um, yeah, we do want to assess risk. And we want to be open and honest about it. And also we want to have fun and, you know, real sexy fun with all these beautiful parts that we have on our beautiful bodies. And we all have beautiful bodies. And I'd really like to think, you know, that, you know, that uh, we include feet in that part of how we see our bodies as beautiful and sexy and sensual and wonderful. And your your sand story, I'm going to say it falls under our category of our Naughty Talk Rules 2 shit happens stories. We've had a lot of folks on the show and a lot of our cast members talk about our sort of shit happens moments where maybe, you know, we didn't think things all the way through exactly. because it happens. We try to plan to be risk aware. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's definitely going to fall under that category. And it was a, a great story to kind of take us out with. But I did want to give you an opportunity if you have either any events coming up or if there's just a place where people can find out about like the classes that you're teaching when you are hosting them. Is there anywhere people can go to learn more? Yeah. Um, and I, I have to say, you know, right now I'm not offering a lot of classes just yet. Um, and uh, Gurley and I have not been actively doing classes. We've done a few things online. Um, we actually are going to be at Dance Macabre in uh, um, New Hampshire. Um, you can check that out on uh, FetLife. Um, doing a negotiation and communication class. We're um, actually planning a, a tickle demo for that. And because I'm in the room, somebody's foot might get touched. You know, the girlie's foot might get touched. So, um, and that's an understatement. Um, and she knows that. <laughs> okay, so um, so that's one thing where you might be able to interface uh, with me. I'm on FetLife 
Um, you know, do check for New England Feet Group and Tickle New England if that's part of your sexuality or interest. They are pretty quiet groups right now. Let me just say that because of certain things in my life, I haven't been able to keep up a certain energy there. Um, and uh, there are other groups that are doing things on FetLife and in other places. You know, there are foot groups that pop up on um, um and educators that show up on Twitter, of course, and, and Facebook and other places, Instagram, um, I'm sure, and Slack, too. Um, but I, uh, goodness knows I don't need another platform to look up feed stuff on. You know, uh, I, I'd, I'd not get anything else done. But, but yes, please reach out to me on FetLife. Um, I'm Pete210 there. And if you think 210 is some kind of code, it's not. It means two feet, ten toes. So uh, Pete210 on, on FetLife is a, you know, it's really simple, right? <laughs> You know, um, I'm glad to know where it comes there from. You that's go. Cute. Right. I, I should have some other cryptic story about it, but that, but that's, yeah, it's, it's easy. So, so yeah, I, and I'd love to talk to people about feet. Let me just say that. And it doesn't have to be a pervy conversation. It could be about, you know, anything to do with feet. I love feet on so many different levels, even the spiritual connection to feet, you know, the, the concepts of earthing, you know, of grounding, you know, your bare feet to the, to the earth. Um, things like that, you know, um, so please do reach out if, if you would like to. Well, thank you for talking about this with me on the show. And I'm hoping that our listeners are going to be seeing feet in a whole new light. I hope so. <laughs> you know, that that's one of the best things that comes out of teaching about feet is that people, you know, will come up to me at the end of class and go, Oh, I never thought about that. And I was like, Oh, job done. You know, that that's great. I love that part. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you for helping me. And I hope I represented our, you know, very diverse foot community well. Thanks as always for listening to Naughty Talk. Our show is available on most popular podcast platforms. For updates, to submit a request to be a guest on the show, to write in with questions for our hosts or request lifestyle advice, head over to the show's page at sunnyleemain.com. You'll also find information about my novels, including my Turn the Key series, which are dark erotica with themes of hypnosis, BDSM, and sometimes a little bit of magic. All books feature different kinks and are queer inclusive. I hope you've enjoyed the show and you join us again next time.